It's our Monday Mizzou Breakdown. James Carlton, Carlton State Farm Insurance. You can find him in Webster Groves or carltoninsurance.net, 961-4800. Real simple. And, Coach, we don't have a game to break down. Although we could break down the Georgia win over Florida, we are leading up to the kickoff in Athens, 2.30 on Saturday. Let's just start with your level of excitement for this game. You're a Mizzou guy. You love all the games. But let's be honest, when it's East Michigan Tech – it's not quite the same. Oh, it's not even close. This is what excites you about being a fan, is you get these opportunities. And I'm not going to sit here and say it's a great opportunity and Mizzou's going to win. Well, it is a great opportunity. You can't ask for better. I mean, Georgia's won 25 straight games. To do that in any league is huge. To do that in the SEC is a whole nother level. So, oh my gosh, I, I mean, you have the chance to be the first team in three years to beat Georgia at their own place that would catapult Mizzou into the top 10, that would keep all of their goals on the table and put them in the driver's seat. Obviously, there's still games left even after that. And it's kind of a pipe dream. I mean, let's be honest with each other. Uh, Mizzou is certainly not favored. They're at least 16-point underdogs uh, as of right now. So, uh, you know, it's kind of a free roll, in my opinion, uh, for Mizzou. They have nothing to lose, all hands on deck. This is it. I mean, this is why these kids want to go play for SEC teams, is to have chances like this to do the unthinkable. If you're Eli Drinkwitz, don't you love that spread? Because you can sell your kids on disrespect. They think you're terrible. They and and it's also a little bit like nobody's expecting anything. And as a team, they should expect to go in there and win. That's how they should approach it. They should think that way. He'll probably talk about, hey, last year we had them on the ropes, and Mizzou was hardly a world beater last year. I bet they like that spread, though, just to lather up their troops. Absolutely. I mean, I kind of uh, equate it to when Mevis was lining up for what should have been, what, a 56-yarder that turned into a 61-yarder uh, against Kansas State. Nobody expected him to make that kick, so there's a lot less pressure, and you just let it all hang out, and that's what he did, and the kick of the year, maybe maybe the kick in Mizzou history. Um, yeah, no, I, I cannot wait. It kind of reminds me, you were probably covering the Rams, 2001. I think they were 14-point favorites to the Patriots. It was about that, yeah. I mean, nobody expected the Patriots Correct. to win, much less compete. I think that week in New Orleans, as I look back, it was almost like we had this coronation process. Okay, it'll be two out of three. Right. What are the dynasties? What are the requirements for a dynasty? Like, it was crazy, especially looking back now and going, boy, that team had Brady and Belichick. And we, we didn't even, we were just like, all oh, these bums from the AFC. I guess, totally I guess thinking back on it, they jammed the receivers and got away with some things that probably would be flagged now and you know, obviously the film, filming the walkthrough. But my point is, I mean, at the time, nobody saw the greatest show on turf losing that game. And not only did they lose, but they got completely shut down. I don't think they had a touchdown in the first half. And so maybe there's some optimism there that Mizzou could come in and shock the world. But I have so many good things to cover with you, Martin. I'm so excited for this and game. And you're going. You're I'm go- going. Our travel plans. I'm more interested in this kind of stuff. Will you go Friday? You get No, there? no. So I'm actually leaving Wednesday morning to go to Orlando for a conference. Oh, so if you're going to Athens no. Wednesday, you are really into it. Okay. <laughs> this is how this all came full circle. I have a, a friend is probably a loose term. And I'd say that to him even if he was sitting here right now. I haven't seen him since 2015, the last time I was in Athens. So it's been a while. But he lives in Athens. His neighbor is a professor that hates football. So we have free tickets. I have a free place wow. to stay. I'm just popping wow. over from Orlando to Atlanta, and I couldn't pass up on this opportunity. If there is a 10% chance that Mizzou shocks the world, I'll be there for it. I You'll get to Athens better. Friday, though? Will Friday get, night. Okay, so you have experience a little bit of the college And I've been there. Before. Yeah, okay. Athens is a great time. Yeah, I love it. The home of REM out of Athens, That's right. Georgia That's back right. in the day. Yeah. All right, so I think you were – Heading in this direction, your reasons for optimism and what are they? Other than being a big Mizzou fan, how do how do they win this game? 
Well, before I, I do a deep dive on any of the first eight games of the season here, Georgia really hasn't played anybody. And if you look at the common opponents that they've had, they played Kentucky at home, they played South Carolina at home. Mizzou played South Carolina at home and obviously won that easily. And then they went to Lexington and won rather easily there. So Georgia's strength of schedule is 76th in the country right now. And that's not, not a slight on them. They still very well might be the best team in the country. But they really haven't played anybody. I think anybody would admit this is the best team they'll face up to this point this year. And then they still have Ole Miss. They still have at Tennessee. So th- this is their toughest stretch. And if, if Georgia gets through that unscathed, they clearly are the best team in the country, in my opinion. wonder why Georgia didn't have a game with you know Notre Dame or Clemson or you know earlier in the year being a marquee brand like that. It is looking back on it now. I'm kind of surprised. Yeah, they, they, they've had Oregon the last few years, right? Uh, to to kick off the season, and and yeah, I don't know if nobody wants to schedule them. Perhaps maybe everybody just <laughs> they can't find an opponent. Doesn't want that loss on their on their uh, on their standings that early in the year. But here's some things I found interesting, and, and Georgia is legitimately a great football team with these numbers. Points per game, they're averaging 40.25, which is about 20% more than Mizzou's averaging at 34. Points allowed per game, they're allowing 15, which is about 35% less than Mizzou, who's, who's allowing 23 points per game. Rushing yards per game, I honestly thought this is where Mizzou would have the statistical advantage through this point in the season. Nope, Georgia's averaging 172 yards per game. Uh, and their opponents are only averaging 93. Mizzou's averaging 148. Their opponents are averaging 113. And then passing yards per game, Georgia's averaging 334 to Mizzou's 294. I mean, so every one of those categories, Georgia wins out. And you think of them as a defensive school in the last few years. I mean, kind of Absolutely. in your mind, like, oh, that's a defensive program. And yet those numbers tell you they're scoring a lot of points. Yeah, and Georgia's fumbled the ball 10 times. I thought that was something that stood out to me. They've only lost four of them compared to Mizzou's seven fumbles, and they've lost two. Here's one that I don't think will shock any listeners. Mizzou has 57 penalties compared to Georgia's 34. Well, so that's a big game. Got to play that's a clean a big... game on Saturday. Georgia, here's one. Here's one where Mizzou is, uh, has the advantage. Georgia has 16 sacks. Mizzou has 24. So Georgia, this is, this is what gives me some optimism, is if you swapped out Carson Beck for Jaden Daniels, I think Mizzou beats LSU. I think the reason Mizzou lost to LSU was because Jaden Daniels was just so darn elusive and just burned them escaping the pocket because Mizzou was able to get pressure on LSU. If they're able to find ways to get pressure on Carson Beck, I think that's the recipe for success. Now, the key to that is to force them into second and third and longs, and so they're going to have to be stout on the run game as well. But two weeks for, for, for Baker to have the time to, to create some blitz packages that maybe haven't been on film yet, that's what it's going to take. I mean, it's going to take something like that. Uh, a couple other things for you. Georgia scoring in the red zone. They're scoring touchdowns 63% of their opportunities compared to Mizzou that's scoring 69% of their opportunities. So pretty close there. Georgia is giving up 64% of their points in the first and fourth quarter. Mizzou is scoring 61% of their points in those quarters. Maybe so fast start, I think, is so important for Mizzou to come out and be down 14 nothing early on. I just don't see them climbing their way out of that. Now, Florida came out on fire, had a great scripted drive. It was up 7 nothing right away on Georgia. And you all, everyone was thinking the same <laughs> yeah. thing, like, wow, I wonder. So, so who knows there? Leading rushers, Edwards is their leading rusher at 93 a game. Obviously, Schrader's Mizzou's at, at 101 yards per game. Quarterback comparison, look how close this is. Carson Beck is averaging 308 yards per game passing. Brady Cook's averaging 282. 14 touchdowns for Beck, 15 for, uh, for Brady. Quarterback rating 166 each on the dot. So they're both, they both have the exact same quarterback rating uh, thus far. 
and their leading receiver is Brock Bowers, who won't be there on Saturday. It wasn't there against Florida. He's still their leading receiver at 81 yards per game with four touchdowns. They have like eight players with 100 yards this year. They spread the ball around, and, and it's really not just focused on one guy like Luther Burden for Mizzou, 113 yards per game with six touchdowns. Theo Weiss would have more yards than any one of the starters for Georgia if he was on their team this year. Bulldogs haven't haven't attempted a field goal over 50 yards this season. Could this come into play on Saturday? That's 40, a deep dive right there. 44 I'm yards is all this away. 44 yards is their longest uh, field goal this year. Mevis has three made field goals over 50 yards, including the record the record setting 61 yarder. Georgia has nine interceptions compared to Mizzou's seven, and Mizzou's forced nine fumbles compared to Georgia's three. So just some things I found interesting. Uh, what gives me hope, again, is if you look at the common opponents, you're not going to see a huge discrepancy in the results. And that's what gives me some optimism. Um, Georgia, you know, rolled through Florida. I think a lot of people kind of expected that. Did I want maybe a little bit more of a competitive game that went to five overtimes? Yeah, probably. But at the same time, I definitely wanted Georgia to win. That was most important because they had no room for air if they lost uh, hosting Mizzou, and that could have been that could have been a different outcome uh, from the motivation standpoint leading up to this week. But I can't wait. What are your thoughts? What are you excited about seeing? I'm excited that the spread is so big because I think it just tells everybody Mizzou's got no chance. I just love that going in there because we we all know they have a chance. The way they've played this year, hanging there with LSU, who's a very good team, going to Kentucky and winning. Beating K-State, who's back in the rankings now. K-State's starting to come back to be yeah. looking more and more like an 8-3, and 9-3 type team that you beat. So to say Mizzou's a 16-point underdog. Now, all of that said, Georgia might cover, but I love that mindset going in for Drinkwitz and his team. They should just sell that to their kids. They, they think you're nothing. They think you're terrible. You tell a kid like Luther Burden that eventually, he might just get all pissed off and go off in that game. So I think they've got a chance. I was looking at, you know, last year they were up 16-3. to so if I'm drinking staff again, I'm looking at the what did we do, and then what did we do wrong? Because I think it was like 22 to three the rest of the way, or 22 to six, or something that just flipped totally the other way. Um, can you run the ball against Georgia? You're going to have to, right? Uh, and let's say if Schrader's having a tough day, can you weave in some of the other guys just to see if somebody can break one? I'm a little worried about them running the ball, but I, I'm just excited for the game, that opportunity. I looked at the game 10 years ago. None of us saw that one coming. No. Michael Sam scored a defensive touchdown. Bud Sasser threw a touchdown to pass. Was Damian Washington. James right. Franklin was the QB. Maddie Mock had a, was 3-for-3 three three that day. He had to come in. Yeah. Now, none of this means anything for this year's matchup, but this year's team reminds me a little bit so far of that team where you didn't expect much, and they ended up going 10-2, and two, including a win at Georgia. Now, the Georgia brand right now is different than it was 10 years ago. It's a bigger name. It's a, you know, they're better. No question. Than they had been, but I just think it's so much fun for the fans. Guys like you to even be a Mizzou grad and to be at the game. Um, it's a huge opportunity. And then you hope if it doesn't go well, don't let it torpedo the season. Right, that's Do true. Do not let the, this can't be your Super Bowl either. As much as you sell the kids on disrespect and all of that, you still got a lot of games that you can go out and win even if you lose this game. That's and you, true. And you don't say that in advance, but there's got to be a way you can't. This cannot be your Super Bowl. That's my only concern. So a couple questions for you. So you, uh, Walt calls you 2020, correct? That is correct. And yes. the context is you'd only come into the game if you're up 20 points. It was a basketball, points. high school basketball. <laughs> yeah, I points. could only get in. Mike Caruso from the Blues was on my team, and he played more than I did. But I was 2020 because 
as Walt points, I said it was truly it was 30-30. I'm, I'm probably I'm more like a 40-40 type guy. So the, the fact that you and I are going to banter on this is kind of ironic. <laughs> but Dominic Lovett, does, is there an edge? I got he, his stats. I'm is there an edge for him being in the Georgia locker room, knowing how they scheme for Georgia last year, what, how these cornerbacks, you know, what, their, what their nuances are in practice? Do you think there's any edge there? Well, maybe a little bit. Remember teams that always pick up in football, the guy who just got cut by your next opponent, and you'd sign, sure, him, that, that's a good you'd point. sign yeah. him that week as your fifth receiver or whatever because they could give you a little bit of intel. Yeah, maybe a little bit. I was looking at his numbers, by the way. 35 catches, 365. Okay, one touchdown. Would he have better numbers if he had stayed at Mizzou? I would think so, although Burden's gobbling up the ball a ton. Uh, yeah, they probably talked him a little bit, but if you're Mizzou, you got to consider that. The year the Raiders played Tampa Bay in the Super Bowl, I remember all of the – uh, Tampa Bay players said that John Gruden said, here's all the signals, the Raiders' signals. And Bill Callahan was the Raiders. Didn't change him. It's like Gruden, <laughs> Gruden told Gruden told the whole team, like, here's what we do over there, because Callahan was on his staff, and he said, watch for this, watch for this. And apparently in that Super Bowl, the Raiders did everything. So you got to be aware of that. How big a factor? I'm not sure. Uh, I would think he's also motivated to have a big game. Oh, I'm to sure To kind of show Mizzou. And but, maybe they try and feature him a little bit. But I would think Ennis and KD are probably motivated to shut him down as well because right. they've seen him in practice plenty. And I'd like to think that Ennis is going to be good to go because they're going to need it. Because if they're going to blitz like I think they will have to, they need some good man-to-man coverage from those two corners. This is their day to put a lot of good film on tape for their, for their draft prospects. Let me ask you this. Would it surprise you more if Mizzou's offense has a field day or if Mizzou's defense has a field day? I would be more surprised if the offense has a field. Day. Okay, okay, gotcha. So if, if if Mizzou wins this game, am I hearing you right? It's probably more of a. 20- I think they're going to play defense. They're going to have to play well defensively. Mm-hmm. I just I feel like offensively they might get slowed down by Georgia, and so all of a sudden you're going to win this game. It might be twenty three to twenty, maybe it's you know twenty, maybe it's twenty four to seventeen or something a little tighter, but that means you're going to play really well against them defensively yeah so uh, i can't I'm, wait. Wa- I'm waiting for your friday pretty i won't make have you make it just yet i do want to ask you this james carlton with us of course carlton state farm insurance i call him coach how about those numbers that he rattled off there unbelievable your ryan wingo uh reaction wednesday i haven't talked to you since then because i thought he was going to mizzou i heard Everybody that from did. a lot of people yeah. and i think he was telling a lot of people and maybe truly did change his mind at the last second and then the dad, I know Frank had the quote on TV, the dad walked by me. I was talking to Orlando Pace, and the dad walked by, and he said, I said, hey, congrats, you know, all the best, whatever, something simple. And he said, hey, nothing's been signed yet. And I'm like, this dad is clearly working the room. As frustrating as that can be, um, I guess if you're Mizzou, you don't give up hope, right? You just keep whatever your options are, or you just say, screw it, move on. So me personally, after five, both both Texas and Mizzou, I, I would expect a certain reaction after five minutes after the commitment. He's making that quote on on local TV. Yeah, like if I'm Texas, I'm like, what what in the world? Right. I mean, what, what kind of commitment is this? And if I'm Mizzou, I'm like, oh well, this is clearly an angle for more money. Um, after the five stages of grief following that that announcement, <laughs> um, you know, I who who's going to fault a young man? For doing what's best for him and potentially what's best for his family, so I have I have no qualms there. I was just shocked. I mean, it was the surprise as much as anything because every national recruiting expert, their crystal ball predictions were all leaning Mizzou up until late Tuesday. Was it was his commitment on Tuesday? It was or Wednesday. Wednesday. So Tuesday yeah. night, yep. Texas pulled into town with the Brinks <laughs> Evident- truck or whatever. Evidently, did. and and and. 
I, I, I talked about this with Brendan um, last week. It's, it's a room. You were in the early stages. Of yes, reading, that's okay. right. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a room. The wide receiver room is not a huge position of need. Now, I am not going to lie. The sizzle of having two five stars in one class is unprecedented for Mizzou. I would have loved that. And, and Ryan Wingo evidently has top-end speed that you just can't coach, and he's got a huge ceiling, and he's going to go to a program that clearly knows how to run an offense with Steve Sarkeesian. So I don't blame him on that at all. But if I'm Mizzou, I am not just – I'm not going back to the negotiating table and say, what's it going to take? Right. You made it clear uh, where you want to play your football, and that's fine, and maybe they need to reallocate those resources elsewhere. That's, that's how my thought would be. I would not continue to recruit him. James Carlton from State Farm Insurance. Carltoninsurance.net, 961-4800, 314-961-4800. Call and get a quote, and uh, then you'll do a little something with the NIL. And It's real simple. People just say to you, hey, here's what I'm doing with my auto. Here's what I'm doing with my homeowners. And your team, great team, just digs into the numbers. That's right. You can just go online at carltoninsurance.net. It's very easy. An auto quote, a home quote, a renter's quote, life insurance. If you just had a kid, you just got married, you just bought a house, all these different things, you can get a quote within minutes at carltoninsurance.net. Or if you want to have a conversation, we're more than happy to have that, 314-961-4800. Or you're certainly welcome to text that number as well. We want to see how we can help you and how how easy we can make it on you because everybody's busy. We don't want to take up too much of your time. And oh, by the way, just for checking and mentioning this program, we will make a donation uh, to NIL on your behalf. James, great to see you. Have fun in Athens. All right, guys.